The following is a Joel Mahalik production. On November 13th, Felix Unger was asked to remove himself from his place of residence. That request came from his wife. She asked him to leave because he wouldn't listen to the Joel Mahalik show. Welcome, everybody, to the Joel Mahalik Show. I'm Joel Mahalik. And, and I'm Sharon. You're the lovely Sharon. Oh, my God. Let's okay. try it. Let's try it again. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Joel Mahalik Show. I'm Joel Mahalik. And I'm Sharon. You're supposed to say I'm the lovely Sharon. Oh, my God. Wait, didn't we just do that? <laughs> <laughs> welcome, everybody. You want to, you want to join us? Hi, on, everybody. You want to join us online? JoelMahalik.com. Facebook is at Joel... No. <laughs> Facebook is at JM Talk. Twitter is at WQYB Radio. You can also send us an email at joelmahalikshow at gmail.com. We're going to do things different tonight. Now, when I say different, I mean really different tonight. I know. I'm so excited. Yes. I am very excited. And so we are going to... We're gonna, No, we don't have an official name because we didn't even think of this. This, this, right. this. this was a spur of the moment. Spur of the moment. Just thought of it. I was thinking something like flashback something. I don't know. Something with flashback no. as a type of... Because uh, what if I we want to do this more mm, often? Yeah. we got to think of a name. So right now, it's flashback on the Joel Mahalik Show. There you go. We're going to do a flashback. Let's now, what, do a flashback. Now, what's different about this episode is uh, it will also uh, preempt. I guess that's the word they use in TV and radio. Preempt. Wombat of the Week and our right. hero to yeah. next week. To next week. Uh, so. And I'm super excited <laughs> about this flashback. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, we are going to... Um, no. Yeah, we're going to flash back to <clears throat> way back. Yeah. To, it was my, actually, it was my second ever interview done on the radio. Right. Because my first interview was Abra Moore, who was an independent singer. Right. And then my second ever interview was Craig Shoemaker, the comedian. Yeah, and I introduced you to him. Yeah. I did. You did. When I was in the background, you know, doing all the background <laughs> stuff. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then he let me in front of a mic and, wow. <laughs> so this, <laughs> this interview, I was trying to think, uh, it's probably 11 years ago. So wow. I had to do some work on the quality. Of course, it won't sound as good as you and I do. Right. But it has been remastered. I love saying that term because I actually did remaster this interview to make it right. sound a little bit better than it did. But yeah. that was the old days of us and talk, uh, me and talk radio. Yeah. But uh, this was an exciting interview then for you to hear and probably for you to hear it now. I know, yeah. I... This interview coming up is extraordinary. Yeah, so it really is, is. Anybody that knows Craig Shoemaker, you know, from the comedy, um, comedy ring, field, field, ring, field, ring, ring of uh, fire, ring, field of dreams. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> no um, knows that Craig Shoemaker is incredible. 
Yes, he, he really is. is. And I, when I first heard him, it was doing this one skit that he does, and um, yeah, I fell in love with him. So if Craig himself happens to listen to this. Yeah. Particular podcast. And he may, because we're you know, we're friends with him on Facebook. Yeah. So he yeah. may get the word. Uh then he needs to know that this is eleven years ago and it's time for him to return. I know, to, right? To the podcast. Right, especially since I'm behind the mic, so to speak. <laughs> How apropos of you to say that. This is actually, I uh, as I said, my second ever interview, No One Talk Radio, but it was on the old show, the Behind, Behind the Mic the show. Behind the Mic show, yeah. right. So uh, without any further ado, what we'll do is we're going to drop out to a station ID, and then you will be shifted back in time. Right. And listen to me talk with the love master, Craig Shoemaker. Look, Bullwinkle, we got a message. Big mail from Thumb Founder. This is really what I call a message. What's the thing, Rocky? What's the thing? It says they're listening to 920-WON, the Apple. Ooh, Brooklyn, New York. And now, here's something we hope you'll really like. Ta-da. Okay, we're back with you on Behind the Mic, and I have a special guest with me on the phone. Joining me is comedian Craig Shoemaker. Craig was named Comedian of the Year by the American Comedy Awards. He has won two NATAS Emmy Awards, a Toastmaster Award, and he has performed for more than two million people last year alone. Also, to Craig's credit, he won XM Radio's Big Stick Award for his routine, The Love Master, and his special on Comedy Central was voted one of the top 20 on the network. His most recent achievement to date is his film Totally Baked, a pot humanary in which Craig wrote, produced, and stars in which is available now for purchase from thelaughterstore.com. Please welcome to Behind the Mic, the love master himself, Craig Shoemaker. Hey, Craig. Well, that's a hell of an intro there. It sounds like I'm some big comedian. And meanwhile, you're talking to me. I'm playing a, a steakhouse in Pleasanton, California. <laughs> well, I'm at to Tommy a T's people. Steakhouse, baby. Uh, next week, the Sizzler. <laughs> to a lot of people, Craig, you are a big comedian, and that's why I designed this big write-up. Now, let me ask you something before we go on. Are, 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 are you from Philadelphia? I am, sir. I knew it. I heard the and accent. You just took one of my things. I, I heard the accent. I'm trying to drop mine, but I, it's like looking in a mirror. I hear, I, do you say water? Yes, I do. Do you eat scrapple? Yes, I do. We, and I, for for folks who don't know, there's a breakfast meat called scrapple, which I will not. I don't trust anything with the word crap sitting right in the middle of it. I don't know. Do <laughs> you realize... Joey, it's one it's one uh, purchase of a vowel away from scrap pile, which is basically what it is. It's when they sweep the floor after the sausage, they make right. a mold, and they feed you scrapple. But it's damn tasty. I don't know what kind of meat they use. I, I, I dropped it on my lap and started humping my leg. <laughs> and, you, and you eat it, huh? Yes, I do. Uh, you, well, you know the Philadelphians, the parents all say, put ketchup on it. <laughs> I actually eat it every week on Sunday. It's a weekly food here in this house. And where, where do you live? I actually reside now in northern Delaware, just south of Wilmington. Oh, okay. Well, then that's, that's Scrapple country. Yes, I'm still in Scrapple country. <laughs> and so you're from Philly. I am from Philadelphia. I'm the corner yes. of cracking homeless there. It's a, I'm happy I'm from there. It makes a big difference. It made me feel more comfortable 
interviewing you. I know I was going to be interviewing a Philly native. Well, now, yeah, we can have all of our local references. The Hell Hole, I got a whole bit in my act about that. The Hell Hole in Wildwood, New Jersey, in the shore. Right. Hey, I lived there for eight years. Oh, no. I moved down there. I, I, uh, my wife and I, we picked up stakes from Pennsylvania. We said, let's move down to Cape May. We'll live at the shore, and we'll go to the beach every day. Well, we lived there eight years. We went to the beach twice. <laughs> Yeah, I did the same thing with uh, L.A. I've been there 20 years. I've, I've been in the ocean once, and I was to film a movie because they forced me to. <laughs> uh, your credit roll precedes you without question. You've done a lot of things. Now, how long have you been doing comedy professionally? Jeez, I think about 27 years. Yeah, I, I mean, I started very young. I was kind of lucky. I did a lot of impressions, which uh, you get the headline earlier if you do impressions because people don't have to think as much. <laughs> I love yeah. impressions, by you the go, way. Yeah, you go, here's Jack Nicholson as a toaster <laughs> or whatever it is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, people get entertained that way, and uh, I, I, I've, I've always had fun with it. And, but it just kicked into a different level a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Now, do you feel good about your accomplishments this far? I mean, all these things, plus there's other things, too, but... Do you feel good about it? Is it? Well, I never, I never really feel like, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't like what they say is uh, rest on the accomplishments, and, and I don't really look at them. That I kind of got a different perspective a few years ago. I, I realized when I'm looking at these trophies and stuff that they're really meaningless. I mean, the comedian of the year, all, all that did was heighten the resentment of other comics. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's the hack that won this year, <laughs> fixed the election. <laughs> I mean, it, it really doesn't. Me. There's nobody that stops me in the street and says, "Aren't you the comedian of the year at the American Comedy Awards? Don't you have two Emmy Awards?" You know, it doesn't. Right. It does. It's really about where you are in the moment, and uh, you know, and which is ever changing for me. And and the comedy, what it did for me now is, I understand I have a gift that I share with people, but it comes in different forms, mm -hmm. and and I realize the power of laughter. And what that does for people, so I, so I get it on that level as opposed to an award level or an ego level. Right. I don't really uh, look at it that way anymore. I, I, mm -hmm. I look at it like, well, how can I, even if it's a children's book or a DVD or a movie about marijuana, uh, I just realize that it's about just getting the laughs out there and and helping right. people in that way because you know our country needs it. All they do is mm -hmm. produce negativity now. All the shows yeah. are negative. It's just nastiness. And, you know, Fox News and, and CNN, that crawl that comes across, here's some shit that will scare you today. <laughs> it's like right. uh, the hostages, the orange alert, don't eat spinach. I think I think that should be jokes coming across the screen, don't you? You look up, <laughs> you see. something to lighten it up. Yeah, right? you see a minister, a priest, and a rabbi walk into the bar, and you watch the joke unfold. Wouldn't the world be a better place? We need a laughter lobby in Washington because we have our own pharmacy inside of our bodies, uh, you know, that, that makes us well. We don't need a, a drug lobbies that just put a mask on everything. So I'm understanding now what the purpose is of why, you know, I know why I'm a comedian. It's because my mother belly danced at my high school graduation party and my grandmother smokes and grows pot and my father's a cult leader. That's why I'm a comedian, but now I understand it just nudged me in this direction of, you know, kind of spreading it out. Right, and you, you mentioned that you started out doing impressions. You were doing impressions on the job. Yeah, I used to work uh, downtown on uh, 15th and Sansom. You know that area, right? 15th yeah. and Chestnut, and I worked at a big mm -hmm. law firm, and I used to perform in the little caf cafeteria at the law firm. I would imitate the 
the messengers and the clerks and the paralegals and the lawyers and and you know and they're going, you should get up on stage sometime. <laughs> and is not uh, is that exactly what happened? I mean, what exactly took you what happened? That's that? exactly what happened and to the point where I. Uh, I did get up on stage between the sets of the guy, another guy who's a clerk there and uh, Jim Mardinley. If you can find him, I'd love to thank him for inspiring my career. I still have not seen him since then, and I haven't put it in a couple newspapers that I'm kind of looking for. Maybe I'll do a big search, but uh, Jim Mardinley, he's a great musician, and he worked with me, and he said, why don't you perform between sets of my band? And the band was performing on uh, like 100th and Locust, on Locust Street or something on Chestnut. It was Sandy Supper Club, and it was, um, it, it was 107 degrees on an August afternoon at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, I have no idea how he got this gig, but he let me perform between sets. <laughs> and because they didn't know the lawyers and the, you know, and, and Sal the messenger who went, yeah, yeah, okay. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> that was Sal. They didn't know Sal, so I had to do different impressions. I did Truma Capote, and I would just tell like an old joke and like insert a uh, a famous person in it, you know. Wow. So uh, yeah, I did, and then I pulled up my guitar, which I know four chords from my John Denver chord book, and uh, I and I went up on stage and uh, did different songs as different people, and uh, I think I got a couple laughs. I brought eight people, eight friends of mine. And uh, and I I was hooked. That was it. I'm I was I was in. I said this is a good good thing. I like this. And uh, it's that just sounds long... like it's even. What's that? I'm sorry. But that sounds like an even more extravagant way than even I would have thought. I would have. Thought, I was wondering, was it an open mic night? You know, was it like uh, you know um, you know an amateur night type of thing? But just to get up and you know and insert your act in between a musician's act locally. Yeah, well, it, it, yeah, I, I have actually from that point forward, and my whole life has been this way. Uh, I do, I take the unconventional approach. I never hung out, and still do not hang out in comedy clubs. I don't want to be influenced by anybody else. I mean, if people ask me my influence, I say Bruce Springsteen because I went to a concert at the Spectrum in Philadelphia, and and I said that's what I want to do. I want to bring it from the heels every show. I want people to walk out exhausted and say he gave everything that he had. I want to be mm -hmm. personal. He writes personal uh, lyrics and uh, and is personal, personable. And I, I said that's what I want to do, and uh, that's what I hope to achieve every day. And he's about the people and not about the critics, or and so. That's my biggest influence more than any other comedian. You know, comedy-wise, I just go by what my life gives me, mm -hmm. which has been pretty obscure, and I try to put it out in a funny way. And a lot of comics say that. A lot of comics say that the best comedy comes from turning, you know, the negativity or the controversy in your own life around. Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean. Um, I was, telling my, I was telling you my mom belly danced at my high school graduation party, and I just, mm -hmm. it was a moment, to, I can still visualize it. You know, she she was doing this belly dancing on the side, you know, she works in a law firm herself. <laughs> but to, <laughs> to stay in shape, she was Shahrazad, and she had these, like, uh, photos, 8 by 10 photos and stuff. So she decides, she buys us a keg, my 17-year-old friends, they all wanted her anyway, you know, she's a divorcee. <laughs> 
And uh, so they're thinking, oh, I want Daryl Moose. So she comes down the steps with finger symbols and veils. With this cheek, 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 and there she's rolling the belly in front of my gang, my gang of guys, and they're just going, "Woo, shoo, your old lady looks good," and they're like throwing quarters at her, at which she was upset with them, as if they're supposed to know the proper etiquette for a uh, belly dancing mother. So then, like these days, like uh, if when I showed up at any of my daughter's school functions, they were both in uh, concert band and, mm. and whatnot. You show up for those functions, and, you know, they don't want to know you. No, isn't that weird? Yeah. So this is, like, almost the opposite. Well, you know, I, I, it's turning it, it turn it into that way for me. I, You know, I have two boys, and uh, the one is just, you know, because he's three and four. I mean, just well, he's almost four. He just idolizes me and everything about me. But the nine, almost ten Justin is just starting to get to that age, like, he was pitching the other day, and I taught him to pitch his whole life to the point where he had, like, 37 consecutive no-hit innings. And he's starting to have a little rough time. He's in a different league this year. So I'm yelling out the same stuff that kept him going all these years, and I realized I guess i got to hire a pitching coach because <laughs> he's literally going, Dad, stop it, Dad. shut up, Dad. It doesn't matter anymore, right? He's from the mound. He's lipping, shut up and get away from me. <laughs> And I'm and I'm doing all the stuff, you know, th- th- that I didn't have growing up, you know, the dad that says I love you. You like, dad, get out of here, stop it, you're embarrassing me. <laughs> you can't win with the kids, you know. And then, but when they're younger though, that you just want to bite them. I mean, Jared, the youngest one, I just want to take a hunk out of his cheek. I mean, he some days can be in therapy, going, my daddy, he'd love me very much, but he bit my face off. Didn't could he love me very much? But I do, Church I do try to days. give them all the things, you know, that I that I didn't have, and uh, you know, including just hugging them and loving them so much. And uh, but you, you just can't win. They're going to therapy either way. Right. <laughs> That's what I figure. Uh, and now you're. I don't want to bounce around too much. Uh, your movie career. Yeah. You. I don't know that it would be labeled a career. As of yet. My, 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 <laughs> as of yet. Up. Do you have some news for me? Well, did I get a Spielberg picture? <laughs> you know what I did when I won Comedian of the Year? By the way, I seized the opportunity. Because this, you know, what I found in Hollywood, you know, I've been out there 20 years from Philly. Mm-hmm. And what I found is that it really is who you know. I don't care how much they BS you, you know, with <laughs> a spelling child acting like, you know, well, he got me in the door. No, he opened the door, closed the door, shut the door whenever you wanted it shut and closed. So it's it's a bunch of BS. People are just kidding themselves. Right. But uh, what was my point I was making? Oh, geez, I can't remember what I was saying. I go off on tangents sometimes, and I go, i got to write that down. It's going to be a funny bit. <laughs> you know what? My, our, our show does nothing but tangents. So. Well, yeah, I'm the king of tangents. Time. You're in good company. But I forget what my, what were we talking about? That what was my point on that? I was I was actually going to ask you. Oh, about, the movie Career. That's yeah, right. Career. We're talking we're talking about the career. <laughs> I kind of had to make my own thing with movies because they don't cast you really fast, you know, mm-hmm. if you if you don't know somebody. It's not really based on talent as much as it is perseverance and stuff. But if you think, right. oh, I know. I said I seized the opportunity when I won Comedian of the Year. I, I, because all these people, it's so funny because there was a rumor that I was going to win. It was on ABC. It was this big trophy and stuff. And Roseanne was the presenter along with Lily Tomlin. And 
So I'm in the audience, and they, they, I really did think I was going to win because they had the camera focused on me and stuff. So I said, there's a lot of people that w- would like me to thank them. I had a publicist says, make sure you thank me, an agent, make sure you thank me, you know, Bud Friedman from the front, thank me, thank me. So I said, the hell with all of them. I said, I'm going to thank the people I'd like to work with. I already work with those people. Right. So in advance, I'd like to thank Stevie Spielberg, Marty Scorsese. <laughs> So uh, I, it didn't work for me, though. They, they haven't called. But now you were called back to work on Pleasantville in post-production. Well, that was a weird one. I was a guy from Philly, the big editor, Billy Goldenberg. And uh, mm-hmm. Billy, uh, yeah, is Oscar nominated, by the way. Both went to Temple together. And uh, Billy called me because he knows I do a Don Knotts impression. So uh, Barney Fife. What he didn't tell me is I get there, and he says, well, it's Don Knotts today, not the old Barney Fife that you're used to doing because you have to loop him. He can't make it, so you have to loop him. And I even wrote a couple lines or something. So anyway, so uh, I had to do the old Barney, you know, because I'm – I had met him before, and they posed us next to each other. We're doing, you know, I'm doing Barney Fife. All right, Andy, got a nip and nip in the butt, Andy. And he's like old, so he turns to me and goes, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> you do me better than me. <laughs> so uh, I had to do I had to do Don Knotts as an older guy, TV repairman in the movie Pleasantville. If you watch the movie closely, you'll hear my voice dubbed in there going, he circles the apple on the telestrator, it's my voice going, boom, what do you call that right there, Bob, the forbidden fruit here in Pleasantville? <laughs> but your impression's dead on now. You said you met him. Yeah, I, I, what a what nice was, guy. I was uh, going to say, what was that like? Well, i got to be honest with you on one level. You ever hear a rumor that somebody's got a big schlong? <laughs> so, I had to look. We sat on the couch after comic relief, and some people told me it was a really cool moment for them. He's on stage doing a Steve Allen reunion, and I came out later and did the whole cast in Mayberry. And people said backstage, like, you know, there's hundreds of people backstage, and they're all about their clients and stuff. And I've been told by many people that everything stopped just so they could watch Don Knotts watch me, of which really? I was having a really good breakout set. You know, it was kind of like one of my first big national TV things. And so uh, he stared at me, and Steve Allen stood next to him, and he turned to Steve Allen, and he goes, He does me pretty good, doesn't he, Steve? <laughs> and uh, so I sat with him afterwards, and we hung out, and he could not have been nicer. And I must tell you, I took a peek to see if the schlong. <laughs> I'm going, is that a pleat? <laughs> So, uh, yeah, someone told me that. He's hung like a hockey stick. So, uh, no, who's not going to peek? I'm not. But uh, I I ran into him uh, one time he signed an autograph, and he he looks up, and he goes, Oh, it's you again. Do you do my signature, too? Take a pen and sit next to me. Knocked him out faster. Yeah, exactly. Well, definitely, yeah. Couldn't see very well, but uh, what a what a nice guy. He was like an idol of mine growing up. Here's something my mother told me when I was growing up. I'll never forget this. My mother used to say, "You'll have to be the man of the house, man of the house." I'm six years old, built like Barney Fife from Mayberry. <laughs> I'm trying to order my sisters around. All right, somebody in here. <laughs> somebody made a big old mess in the kitchen. 
Now, I came out here to have a cookie. And there's dishes in the sink here, little lady. Who's going to clean them up? You better look out. Look out. These things are starting to buy the way for wet. You're into Barney there, aren't you? <laughs> I'll do Barney all night to kiss your ass. I don't care. Come here, baby. Walk nasty for the real love, master. <laughs> I got what you're looking for. Come up here. These girls are so young. You have no clue what I'm doing right now, do you? <laughs> it's Mr. Furley from Three's Company. Does that ring a bell? <laughs> all right, now we're bonding. There you go. Barney fight. Tell me he wasn't wired on some drug, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, we're going to Mount Pilot do some cocaine. <laughs> then we'll come down and smoke some opie. <laughs> there were drugs in Mayberry, I'm telling you. Floyd the barber was the dealer, I'm convinced. They all hung out in that barbershop. And what drug was Floyd on? <laughs> That's a good quaalude, Floyd. <laughs> Bullshit. The last stuff you saw me was baby powder. I was always a geek in high school. So, I mean, I'm, I don't look at now. I, I'm 6'2", 200 pounds and athletic and stuff. But, you know, in high school, I was 5'1", 92 pounds. So I, I definitely identify with Barney more than any other character. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, speaking of characters and impressions, funny story for you. The first thing I've ever heard you do was the Love Master. Oh, Yeah. My wife I know your wife loves you first. Uh, what's that? <laughs> Have you ever tried to We're do it for your wife? <laughs> no, no. You haven't? But, no, I haven't. Most guys, when they see me, or uh, they they try to do the love master or, or listen to my CD, and every woman tells me this. <laughs> well, I can't. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't get to the level of the voice. I mean, I tried it once, and she's like, "Yeah, um, go get Craig and come back." Yeah, see, that's no. what I'm saying. That's funny. <laughs> but. So the first time I, because she had actually discovered you, because we're, you know, really big with comedy, and she said, you got to hear this guy, you got to hear this guy, and she's listening to you in the headphones on the computer, pulls the headphone out, so you're already into the Love Master thing. <laughs> so the first time I heard you, I thought it was a black comedian. Yeah, a lot yeah, of people, the Love Master's not black, but he's sexual, but he's, uh, yeah. He's like a, um... Everybody thinks Barry, Barry White. White. It's not really Barry White, it's, it's, um... Well, I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you my secret behind it. It is Lou, half Lou Rawls and, and half Tommy Lee Jones. So, you know, like Tommy Lee Jones in, uh, in like, the, the Marshals or whatever, the, the Fugitive. Yeah, the Fugitive and then U.S. Marshals, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we're going to search every outhouse, whorehouse, henhouse, and you're yeah, the love master, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where did this character come from? Well, I was a geek growing up, as I told you, and then the girls... Yeah, I belong to that club. Oh, you know then, and you know what it yeah. was like having the F word. You know, friend, always the friend. <laughs> oh, did I hate that. 
I pretended I liked it, you know, so they would actually, at least if I got some attention that way, if I was a friend, it was better than, you know, being a non-friend and a geek. So right, they would actually right. invite me, you know, they all, that posse piss they all do when they all pee together, go to the bathroom together. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. would let me go. That's what a geek I was. I was in the bathroom with them, sitting on the tub, smoking cigarettes. And they would talk about my friends and stuff. Tommy's so cute, fixing up a Tommy. And I'm going, I'll fix up a Tommy. And I hadn't had puberty yet. <clears throat> Meantime, I'm thinking, oh, give the geek a chance, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Come on and let me free Willie. <laughs> so he started out as a uh, as an inner voice. He is an inner voice. He still is. Is <laughs> <laughs> he still? I've had women. I've had women in the old days. They would sleep with me if I was just be the love master. I couldn't be me. So I, I remember one time I was going up the elevator. I'm going, oh baby, I'm going to put you into a coma. Your eyes are going to roll like a slot machine, baby. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I came out of character, and I I think I like shot. I, I was basically done already. I'm there. Sorry. <laughs> I'm gay. I'm not gay. I'm the love master, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I'm as hard as Final Jeopardy. That's right, baby. I'll take you out for breakfast. I could hold two cups of coffee and a dozen donuts right there, baby. Yeah, I was circumcised by a bandsaw. That's right, baby. One night with me, you'll be sweating like Jessica Simpson taking the SATs. That's right, baby. You go to school with me, you'll graduate magna cum loudly. That's right, baby. I'm the love master. What are you laughing at? Want to go bird watching? Look, a swallow. Yeah, that's right. I'll stir your drink from right here, baby. Yeah, I got a drink. It's a penis colossus. That's right, baby. Yeah, I got a smoothie right here. This one comes with a protein boost. That's right, baby. Well, yeah. What do you, you grab onto this? You'll think your hand shrunk. That's right, baby. Yeah, I got four inches right here. Yeah, some women don't like it that wide. Yeah, that's right, baby. I'll have you quivering like Mel Gibson getting pulled over by Officer Steinberg. That's right, baby. I'm the love master, baby. What are you laughing at? Yeah. I'll flip you so much you'll think you're an IHOP. You don't like IHOP? You like French food? Well, bon appetit, baby. Man, there's some people staring at me right now. What the hell happened to him? Where'd the minivan guy go? Nothing mini here, baby. That's me tapping you on the shoulder right now, baby. Yeah, don't turn your head, you'll get a black eye. That's right, baby. Yeah, I'll have you shaking like Courtney Love and Rehab. That's right, baby. Yeah, let me show you a magic trick. Pick a number between 68 and 70. Oh, yeah, that's right, baby. I'll hit you G spot, H, I, J, K, elemental P spot. I'll cover the whole damn alphabet, baby. Yeah, let's play doctor. Is this small one? <laughs> yeah, it'll only be a prick. Don't worry, baby. <laughs> 
Yeah, I got some penicillin kill you right up there, baby. That's right. Oh, yeah. You think it's a fairy tale? Well, puff the magic dragon, baby. Come on and tell Pinocchio a lie. Climb the magic beans, dog, baby. Fee, five, four, from lay on down, and I'll make you... You know what I'm going to do for you, baby. Yeah. Oh, I'll love you so good your neighbor will have a smoke. Yeah, I did a girl so good the police came three times. This is pri- it's surprising you don't you don't you don't develop an identity crisis because of, because of that. Well, yeah, well, I don't do the Where love do master. The love master is a part of my act now, but you know, I'm just so happy that. And, and listen, I can't deny what it's done for me, the Love Master character, because people don't remember my name. They go, there's that Craig Schumacher, Greg Shoemaker, Shoe and, you know, nobody knows my name is Craig Shoemaker. You know, it's a maker of shoes. There's no mocker involved. And, you know, so, uh, but the Love Master, they remember. So they go, oh, it's that guy. And everybody needs something that someone can remember, you know, like a brand, and that's the brand that they do stick with. And then when right. you come see the show, it's an hour and a half, of which Love Master is just a tiny little four or five-minute segment with some mm-hmm. callbacks. But basically, they get to see what I consider like a one-person show. I do a beginning, middle, and an end. And it's like, and like I said, it's like what Springsteen does. And it's, uh, you know, just deliver an hour and a half's worth of, of comedy. Where right. they, yeah, and it's got callbacks, and it's, uh, it's got some sort of a, a story is being told, and uh, that's the way I like to look at it. Not like I'm up there just telling jokes. Well, and it's become a staple for you. Well, the Love Master, uh, yeah, we made a movie, the Love Master movie, of which Farrah Fawcett was in it. I couldn't believe she was in the movie. I'll tell you a story. Is about, that the unzipped? No, no, that's I have the Love Master unzipped. It's a new DVD and the CD that I'm very proud. Oh, just, okay. It just went cardboard. I'm very proud of that. <laughs> you could push me to ten after being on your show. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the DVD is out. Please get it. Uh, the Love Master unzipped. The place I prefer is the Laughter Store, which we'll get back to that later, thelaughterstore.com. Right, right. But um, So we made a movie, The Love Master, just a few years ago, and Farrah Fawcett basically volunteered to do the movie. So I, I was in the car rehearsing with her. We're all alone, and I was so intimidated. You know, I, I had that poster when I was a kid, and... <laughs> I'm practically calling her Miss Fawcett. I'm thanks for doing my movie, Miss Fawcett. And she goes, ah, shut up. I just want to know if that love master is real. And she reaches over and... <laughs> there was no horn in my crotch. You get the idea? Right. So, and I was so, I was so nervous. I, I had an innie, for God's sakes. I had a mangina going on. So, uh, you know how it shrinks when you're nervous? So then... And then a few minutes later, I'm ready for my close-up, baby. Look out there. I'll curl your hair from right here, baby. <laughs> so uh, the movie turned out pretty good. We won the uh, Independent Film Festival. Oh, I got a story. This tells you about, uh, you know, how in life it never works out the way you plan it to. You know, I'm in this comedy business, and I'm thinking maybe my parents, you know, my dad who left when I was born, you know, and, you know, and my mom, and... Maybe they'll approve of me someday, you know. This, this goes to the right. show. Anybody out there is listening that thinks you're going to get your parents to, you know, give you what you want. <laughs> it just doesn't work out that way. So I, 
that movie with Farrah Fawcett and Courtney Thorne Smith is in it and George Wyatt. And it was pretty cool. We won the Independent Film Festival in Los Angeles. And it's this huge thing. It's like, I think, like 15,000 people at the convention center. And Robin Williams is being honored that year. And so I'm backstage, and I just won. And I was all excited. I was like, who am I going to call? I said, I don't have a girlfriend. I said, I'll call my mom. She'll get a kick. And then Robin Williams is there with me. So I said, hey, Robin, would you mind talking to my mom? And, and you know, in, uh, in Philadelphia, she'll get a kick out of you. Oh, yes. Oh, I love my sister's mother. Oh, put her on the phone. Oh, she must be funny. <laughs> so I said, this, this will be great. So I said, he's standing there. I say, I call her up. I go, hello? Hey, Mom, it's me. My film just won the Independent Film Festival in Los Angeles. I'm standing here with Robin Williams. He's going to talk to you. She goes, that's very nice. You know not to call me during Jeopardy. I got to go. And as she's hanging up, I hear, who is Anwar Sadat? She hangs the phone up on me. She hung the phone up. No, no congratulations. Not, and then he stood there with this look like, oh, I understand. Oh, yes. <laughs> he got it, you know, because that's what the comedians, that's where we come from. You know, you're, not, you're never going to get that approval. And that's why on stage I don't try to get that anymore. I try to be of service to the people, you know, to allow them to receive this gift of laughter, you know, and that's all I want to do now. I don't really care if, they're my best friend or they approve of me, you know, the ones who dig it, dig it, and the ones who don't, don't, you know. Right. I had saw the win uh, for the, that film, but I had, when I was writing your your intro, I was concentrating on the fact that you have uh, the new one out, uh, the potumentary. Yeah. Well, it's actually a feature film. We call it a potumentary because it's, <laughs> it's totally baked, uh, comedy about the burning bush. And I that one I can't believe how that took off. I mean, it looked like it was dead in the water. I put, I got divorced over it. You know, I couldn't put all my money oh, into a you know a pot movie, <laughs> so I didn't get divorced over that. It was happening anyway, but it didn't help in the divorce papers when she said you can have that stinking movie. Well, I think she might have made a mistake because it got picked up by Universal, and I'm and I can't believe Walmart <laughs> bought thirty five thousand copies of Totally Baked. I mean, I guess oh, they thought it was wow. a cooking film with Bobby Flay or something, but it's taken <laughs> off to every single retailer's handle in it. It's doing really well, and I am just so thrilled with it. It's it was a, it's a it's a movie that is made by a guy. I'm I'm not a pot smoker. I mean, I used to a long time ago. That's actually when I thought I was funny when I was high. <laughs> but the silliest stuff. My friends would sit around and go, "That was funny. You should write that down. Use it in your comedy." I'd write it down. I thought I was I thought it was brilliant. So I find this note the next day. I go, hamster nipples. What the hell does that mean? It was funny the night before. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, anyway, I, I uh, wrote this movie uh, because my son asked me if I ever smoked pot. He was seven at the time. Oh, I, first of all, I was singing that song, Joker, Smoker, Midnight Toker. He goes, what's a toker? I go, well, it's someone that smokes pot. And he pulls a pot out from the kitchen. He goes, how do you smoke this, Dad? So I said, oh, geez, I'm going to have to write a movie about this. And that was the inspiration. And, uh, of course, in the movie, I make, I turn him, you know, there's a father that representing me, and then, and then the kid is now a 15-year-old hot chick girl. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to appeal to the stoners out there. Right. A, lot of, a lot of naked women in it, actually, which was really weird to cast the naked women. You know, I'm, I said, well, how do you cast a naked woman? So I went to a strip club. I could pull up in my minivan with a roll of 20s. <laughs> to a strip club. I have never been to a strip club in L.A. 
So I pull up there, and, and then I'm I'm like typical Hollywood. I'm in I'm in the back in the lap dance, going, "Are you an actress by any chance, Tiffany?" <laughs> this really isn't a line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, and I said, "Can you read these pages while you're down there at my ankle?" <laughs> so uh, yeah, we actually cast Blossom. Yeah, Blossom's in it. She's she's a stripper, and <laughs> we have a few. But now they're all actresses. Blossom has her eight by ten. She's a SAG member now, so I'm glad I can inspire her career. But it was it, it, the movie turned out great, Austin Film Festival, and uh, I'm just real happy with it. Yeah, you go to uh, Austin, get that, all this stuff. Actually, anything that makes you laugh. I developed this place called the Laughter Store, thelaughterstore.com, because I really do believe in the power of laughter, and it, it, this place has everything to make you laugh. When you look at it, you go to a hospital or something, and you see people. You give a cheese log to a lactose intolerant or flowers that die or cookies to a diabetic. It makes no sense to me. Right. So right. why not give them products that laugh? So I make you laugh. So I, um, uh, although we have things that laugh too. Um, like I've invented the laughter basket where instead mm-hmm. of giving those things, you give them a basket filled with things that make you laugh. And, uh, you know, DVDs of comedians, CDs, and funny books, and luggage tags, and just you load it up with real funny gag gifts. You know, we, the Fart Machine 2 is a huge seller, by the way. <laughs> Fart Machine 2, like the sequel. Two. Yeah, as if the first one wasn't good enough. Now they came out with 14 new sounds. <laughs> I'd like to be there for that production meeting. Somebody bring me a poot. I'm looking for a poot, damn it. So, uh, you get the audition in them. What's that? Can you imagine auditioning them for the final product? No, <laughs> sorry, not good enough. It's hysterical, yeah. By the way, in the movie Totally Baked, we have four, four lit farts, and which cost ten grand, and that's not easy for an independent film that I funded for our CGI effects for the lit farts. My friend's going, I'd do it for ten bucks, and he ripped one. I lit one, but that, those parts <laughs> make me really laugh. The movie's very silly, but it's very educational too. We're calling it a teaching chong. <laughs> It, it really does tell you about the hypocrisies and why it's demonized and criminalized and how silly it really is when you can have alcohol legal and not pot. You know, there's no man, there's no mothers against marijuana, you know, against drunk drivers, not marijuana drivers do five miles an hour like a bumper car, for God's sake. <laughs> so you don't have fights breaking out at a fish concert, Grateful Dead. You know, you spilled your bong water, <laughs> rumble. It doesn't happen. So, uh, you know, I don't smoke pot, don't condone it, but you'll see in the movie we, we sort of do take a position because we could hardly find anyone really opposed. There's nobody right. really opposed to it. So, And and I did, we do it in a very silly way. So uh, you get that at the Laughter Store, the uh, unzipped, you know, all all the stuff. And go to thelaughterstore.com and make it a regular place because it's just, uh, you know, why not? Why not have our, our say, we say laughter's the best medicine, just open up and say ha. I saw that on the website. I think that was fantastic. Great tag. Now, other than what the, the what you produce at laughterstore.com, now tell me about laughterheals.org because that's another project that you have. Yeah, well, that happened because it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, that happened because my uh, best friend Gold's um he's from Philly also, Northeast High School. And uh Gold's a big writer in L.A. and stuff. He directed Love Master movie and stuff. And 
he knows all about how laughter heals. Actually, I've had a lot of people that got pregnant after comedy shows. You know, they said they couldn't get pregnant. It's like a fertility thing. I can think of at least five cases that are known. People that watch the show, the guy goes home and tries to do the Love Master. Here, brr, brr. He'll sound like Kermit. I'm the Love Master. <laughs> so uh, every everybody does it, and they have fun. It loosens them up, apparently. And sure enough, uh, a lot of babies have been born uh, because I think they're you know, not trying to have a kid and, and so forth, and it loosens them up to the point where they can, you know, allow for the healing to take place. So uh, Gold's uh, got brain cancer uh, mm-hmm. about seven years ago, and the prognosis was, well, you're not going to be with us in about three months. Well, he's still alive today. And that was wow. seven years ago. And um, it's, um, you know, one of his caregivers, primary caregivers. And I um, I noticed the I've taken the chemo treatments and these the conditions. It's just terrible. First of all, the, the medicine they give him, it's called medicine, and they call it the Red Death. I said, can we rename this Santa Claus or something, you know? <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, so there's a different way to look at your prognosis, whatever, how gr- however grim it might be, and we're – the Laughter Heals organization, where laughterheals.org, we're here to help people. We're raising the awareness of the power of laughter. We have a pharmacy right within our reach, right in our bodies. And um, so that's why the Laughter Store was formed as well, is where you're going to get the goodies to make you laugh. And so we have these guided lapidations and things and audiovisual cards that we do in hospitals and aftercare facilities with with funny movies and you know, TV shows and DVDs and things and CDs. So that's what we do to help them heal. And um, we're hoping it takes off. I'll tell you, I I hope it does too. I think that is amazing what you're doing with both LaughterHeals.org and LaughterStore.com. And two two separate venues, you're delivering laughs uh, over a a multitude of uh, reasonings. And I just think it's it's fantastic what you're doing there. Well, thanks. Yeah, I mean, uh, you you get it, and you're a lover of comedy. And I'm surprised how many more people are not a lover of comedy, and but they're you know a lover of watching news with war on it constantly, and that's what we're a lover of. I'll be honest with you. You, I mean, I'm sure you have some idea what's going on around this area as far as Philadelphia and all the crime. It, it doesn't pay to turn the news on anymore. No, not at all. And that's the whole lead story. It's the lead. You know, then they'll have one, you know, Don Pollock will come in with some silly-ass story. You know, then that's supposed to lighten up your mood for two minutes out of the entire broadcast, you know. Yeah. Why yeah. can't the whole broadcast be that and maybe a couple essential news pieces about a fire down the street? Because if you don't live on that street, it's not—it's irrelevant. Yeah, it is irrelevant. My mom always says, you know, I don't watch the news anymore, and I, I cancel my newspaper. She goes, well, how do you live? I go, guess what? I'm living well. You know, how are you living? You know, she's calling me. That's good. She's calling me saying, you know, so-and-so died, and this happened, and that happened. I said, doesn't do me any good. And the news picks your news anyway. I mean... You know, go pick your nose. I don't care. Don't pick my news for me. You know, tell me which blonde was kidnapped, and now we're going to obsess over her for a year, and she'll be on Nancy Grace with our principal. And we all know who Natalie Holloway's name is, and John Benet Ramsey, and Amber Smith. Or I mean, you know, Lacey Peterson, because they're good-looking white chicks. Right. You know, that's the idea. They're good-looking white girls, so that's we obsess over them. It's like, oh my God, look at that poor girl. And meanwhile, yeah. Lucretia. 
you know, from the hood, they're not saying a word about it because they're not picking. They know that that's not who they care about for their advertisers. And it's the silliest right. thing ever, but nobody calls it for what it is. And it's, 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 it's blatant and it's ridiculous. So you know, I, when, I, I think that news should uplift and inform, you know, right. inform at the same time as you're uplifting people to drive them into a different realm of possibility instead of, you know, what they're giving us. It's the same thing that's existed our entire lives, which makes us just exist and not live. Mm-hmm. And it's so silly. And, and yet it's a paradigm that just exists without, a, without question. But I, at Laughter Heals, what we want to do is we want to initiate a paradigm shift. And you're the first to know that I just signed a, uh, a deal with the guy that won the Oscar for Crash and Gods and Monsters um, for a new documentary about it. Excellent. Called Live to Laugh. And um, we're, we're working on it right now. We're just waiting for some funding. Any of your listeners that want to help us fund it, it's going to be a big moneymaker. And um, just contact me at craigshoemaker.com. Right. And we'll, I don't know if the know. SEC says that's okay to do that, but I don't care. <laughs> uh, shit on them. They don't regulate us. <laughs> that's right. Uh, well, we'll happily link up to all your sites uh, and give mention of that on our uh, radio networks because that is important stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd, I'd like to, uh, you know, would love to have you come back and talk about that when that project is ready to roll. Absolutely. You know, and, uh, and give you that uh, publicity on it. Um, you know, I wanted to mention about the news. When we were kids, news was on for a half hour in the evening. Yeah. And that was it on three channels. Remember that? Three, six, ten. Everybody watched six. First with Larry Kane, then Jim Gardner. Yeah. All looking at the spot on his head. <laughs> it's all, it was now, one gray spot. Now it's all gray. It's all silver, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Now... Every channel has news, first of all, even all the UHF band, and mm-hmm. you wake up to it. You can't get away from it. No. Everyone's shoving it in your face from 5 yeah. to 9. So the whole time you're trying to get ready for work, you better damn sure hope you have cable television so you can watch something else. It's a mess. Yeah, I know. And um, I'm, you know what? We all have the power. Turn it off. Right. I watch things that entertain, and... Um, and inform, and that's all I need. And that's all I need. I know how to. I need to know how to get well and what to teach my children, and uh, teach them. You know, even our government. Nobody apologizes either. Nobody. Right. Nobody is, has accountability or responsibility, and, and that's a bad lesson to teach our children because then they're going to live this entitled life. So I, I'm trying to teach them the alternative, and that and it's a very small minority that feels that way. But I'll find those people, and those people will. You know, we'll be hanging. <laughs> That's what we're right. going to teach our kids. We will follow you. <laughs> no, we'll go together. No following. I don't want to be a now, leader. Uh, My father's a cult leader, so. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up this weekend, you're uh, you're in Irvine, California, right? Yeah, June, first weekend in June, something like that. Yeah, Irvine. Uh, one of my favorite spots, actually. I mean, I've been lucky because uh, I get to stay at home a lot. Uh, my uh, best market is Southern California, where I live, and I get to I noticed that. stay home and coach Little League and stuff. And then I got, if you, I've got a bunch of gigs coming up. I'm going to take a break in June and and uh, a big break, which is a big one for me, and um, and get back to the the touring schedule in Birmingham and places like that, which will be a real treat in August right. or July. With, oh, July. <laughs> What's that, July, actually? What's that? 
if you don't get a little closer to Delaware, uh, I'm going to be in trouble. Well, listen, I you bring your wife, you know, and she'll come see the Love Master, and I'll get her all wound up. You know, I'll set her up. You knock her down, <laughs> and I will be in Sellersville in October, the first week of October. Sellersville is not far from you. It's a great venue, and just go to CraigShoemaker.com. And right. uh, and go check out the schedule. I hope everybody can come to a live show, and we'll have fun together. Yeah, and you can get your tickets and information by going to, again, CraigShoemaker.com. All the information is there. Also, uh, LaughterStore.com. Get the uh, Love Master movie, the Love Master Unzip DVD and CD, and Totally Baked, the Pot-Numentary. Yes. You can pick all that up there and stop by and support LaughterHeals.org. Other than that, uh, Craig, I can't tell you how much of a pleasure it's been having you on the program. Well, uh, I thought I'd get to talk to your wife, but I guess not. I'll have to see her in Sellersville. <laughs> yeah, she's actually uh, I want to she's tell not her. even here at the moment. I but, want to do the real love master for her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to definitely uh, look into the Sellersville event, and uh, I'll get a hold of you. Hopefully we have an opportunity that the three of us can meet. Right on. So for the rest of you listening, we're going to be back. Uh, you've been listening to the love master, Craig Shoemaker. Watch the website for links to how to stay in touch with all of his goings-ons. And we'll be back right after this. Craig, thanks a lot. Thank you. Start your day with Reality One with a coffee. We'll take ours with one sugar. And uh, please pick me up a bagel, too, while you're at it, would you? And there it was a long, long time ago <laughs> in a place not so far away from this room. <laughs> no. My interview with Craig Shoemaker. <laughs> I'm so. telling you, that was incredible. Yeah, and of course, even listening to it again, it's it was incredible. And the live comedy insertions that you hear during the you heard during the interview were from I think Here Comes the Love Master. I think is what that first big yeah CD of his yeah, was yeah. Um, and I believe you're right. Yeah, so great stuff. Great stuff. Awesome. So, Craig, like I said, if you're listening, we love you, man. And Sharon demands you. Come back to the podcast and update uh, uh, update yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hear some more love, Master. Especially since he's got stuff going on. He's doing a sports talk show now. Yeah. So I heard that. He's got a whole lot of stuff going on that he needs to come back and tell us about. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm tired of just reading about it. He needs to come here and tell me. Yeah. Tell me to my face. <laughs> Tell so to, to speak. Right? T- <laughs> tell me to my mic. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Now, this good, good interview. So we hope you enjoyed the flashback. Uh, as we said, we uh, we have not forgotten about our heroes. We have not forgotten about our wombats. Uh, we just wanted to do something a little different. Yeah. That's the thing, right? We want to do different things Absolutely. instead of being so static. We want to kind of make this dynamic. Exactly. Exactly. You know? I, I don't like static. It gets in my hair and my clothes, and then you're a weirdo. You know, when I touch people, I'm electric. <laughs> <laughs> but, I am not a weirdo. But that's so cool, though, when you touch me, and, <laughs> you know. It's, yeah, I know, but it's not cool when I touch other people, and it's like. <laughs> it's, it means that our love is electrifying. It is. See that? Our love is very electrifying. That's right. Especially when I was playing yeah. with that power outlet earlier. That was pretty electrifying. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. You thought Craig Shoemaker is funny. <laughs> no, 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 no. 
I didn't do too bad. I just needed to call the cavalry <laughs> in, and that's all right. Sometimes <laughs> it's, it's okay to call experts in. Yeah, you know? after you've already messed it up. I did not listen. I did not messing it up would have mean if I would have really messed things up. But I just yeah, we still have a TV and yeah. you know our studio. I was and- changing a standard socket in a GFCI line to a GFCI socket outlet, okay. which is smarter. So yes. I, so apparently, I had two wires. Two blacks crossed, not white black, and because it was a GFCI, it nothing bad happened because right. it won't start if it's not wired right. So, right. and I so there, and I am judging you, you as judging if me. as if I know what the <laughs> heck you're talking about, and I have no clue, uh, no clue. Uh, but it was just I funny agree. watching. <laughs> watching you I was sweating yell like, at yourself. I was, I was sweating like a rabbit shit in razor blades, wasn't I? Yeah. Oh, my God. I was <laughs> getting right. worried for you. <laughs> All right, folks. <laughs> uh, stay tuned to the Joel Mahalik Show uh, at com. Please stop by and say hi. Uh, over there at Facebook at JM Talk. Yes. And at Twitter at WQYB Radio. Which region? <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And we thank you for letting us... So you uh, never know what's going to come out of my mouth. That's right. You never know. Thank you for letting us uh, change things up a little bit. We hope you enjoyed it. And yeah. uh, if you did like it, let us know. You can also email the show at joelmaholicradio at gmail.com. So there you have it. There you have it. Until next time, I am begging you all to be good to yourselves. Don't hate. Hate's a bad word. And we'll catch up with you next time on the podcast. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.